she saw kind brown eyes behind the wire-rimmed glasses. Eyes which showed no sign of recognition. That wasn't a surprise. Sometimes she didn't even recognise herself. He'd grown into quite a handsome man, his face still unlined by the pastoral cares that had weathered old Father Milligan. People would look at Daniel Quinn and see a friendly parish priest, but Rachel knew better. This man absolved other people's sins while his own festered. In an ideal world, sin should be visible for all to see, like the brand marks burned on criminals centuries ago. All done. Rachel stared down at the plaster on her hand. It was bright yellow with a cartoon chicken's face. She couldn't help but smile. We're out of plain, he explained. The kids love these. Helps them forget their pain in no time. And what about my pain? My heartache? Can you take that away so easily? He was still kneeling like a penitent next to the chair, and for a brief moment she wanted to confess her real identity, to see the shock or perhaps the shame on his face. He'd claim he was just a boy then and hadn't known any better. Apologising might give him closure, make him feel like a great weight had been lifted from him, but that was too easy. Why should he have such a short time of suffering when his actions had caused her years of trauma? Thanks for rescuing me, she said. I'm Rachel Ford, by the way. Years ago, when they left Kilbrook for England, Rachel's mother had changed her married name of Rinaldi and reverted to her maiden name Ford, dropping the telltale Irish final E. Part of the fresh start she thought they needed. At first, Rachel had worried the name change would be disrespectful to her dead father, but she quickly got used to it. The new surname sounded solidly English. Although she'd actually been born in England, and her English accent hadn't been affected by the year spent in Ireland, Rachel hadn't wanted to stand out as different in any way at her new school. Now back in Kilbrook, this change of identity would work to her advantage, hopefully helping her to go undetected. I'm the art history student who wants to study the Stokely murals in your church. Daniel beamed. Rachel, of course. Pleased to meet you. How was your flight? Fine. And did you use that car rental company I recommended? I did. Thanks for the advice. I was given a Toyota Corolla at a very reasonable rate. I'd have been here sooner, but the traffic was bad in Galway. Daniel clicked his tongue sympathetically. Sure, and isn't it always? You take your life in your hands on those Galway roundabouts. Still you made it, and that's what counts. But there were times during the drive when Rachel had been tempted to head back as fast as she could to Shannon Airport. One short flight and she'd be home safe and sound in London. It was a miracle she'd made it to Kilbrook at all, and the temptation to flee was still strong. This calls for some tea. I've just warmed the pot. Then I can show you the Stokely murals before evening mass. No. The word, spoken too loudly, echoed around the kitchen, and Daniel raised his eyebrows. 
Sorry, it's just that I'm a bit tired. I'd prefer to see the murals tomorrow. Rachel was tired, but the truth was she couldn't face going into the church today. Just standing in the porch had been bad enough. Hopefully tomorrow she'd feel stronger. And she'd go there alone. Having Daniel at her side would be too risky. What if she broke down? Fair enough. Daniel busied himself at the kitchen counter. By the way, I've set up a job interview for you tomorrow at eleven o'clock at the Fat Pheasant Restaurant. It's in the main square. You can't miss it. Oh, thanks so much, Daniel. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, he said, bringing the teacups over to the table. Like I said in my email, I'm friends with the chef, Henri Breton. Quite a character. I fixed his car last week.